Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So, y'all just bear with me and we'll get somewhere, okay? Um, But uh, I like to get into a scripture, and when I get into that scripture, I like to put myself in the storyline. Amen? I like to um, see myself there. And sometimes it takes me a little longer to put it together because I'm trying to figure out, now, what were they doing? And what do you think their reactions were? And what do you think they were saying? What's not here? I'm trying to pull out of that and see. So if you all will go with me to Bethany tonight, in John, the 11th chapter, we're going to read verses 4 and number 15. It's very familiar. But uh, we're going to go to Bethany. And, you know, Bethany... The definition of Bethany was house of affliction or house of figs, which is very telling in the story we're going to talk tonight or preach about tonight. But in in chapter 11, verse number 4, it said, When Jesus heard that, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Then in verse number 15, 14 said, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Now, this man named Lazarus was intimately acquainted with Jesus. We know that from reading. And he was intimately acquainted with the ministry of Jesus. He was not just a follower of Jesus from afar. Amen. He was not just his friend on social media. Uh, He knew Jesus for real. He he knew him for real. He, He was so acquainted with Jesus that if Jesus was preaching in the vicinity, that was Jesus' hotel. He stayed with Lazarus. That's how acquainted that Lazarus was with Jesus. And Jesus would go there. The Bible tells us he would rest there and he would eat there. And and this is a house where Jesus goes and he goes there and he finds solace and he finds friendship. And it's in the home of Mary and Martha that and Lazarus that Jesus goes, but now these friends have found themselves in a faith crisis. Has anybody ever found yourself in a faith a faith crisis? So a faith crisis has come to Lazarus' home, and in the form of sickness and affliction, and uh, it's attached itself to Lazarus, and. Mary and Martha knew what to do. They knew who to call, and they called Jesus, and they knew that their brother was terminally ill, 
and they knew that death was imminent, and they knew that the only person that could help them in this situation was going to be Jesus. So they went to Jesus first. Come on. I know it sounds very elementary, very first grade, but it's very profound because it's not what most of us do. Let's tell the truth about it. If, if, if our money's funny, we go to the bank first. Come on. If, if we're in trouble in our marriage, we go to the lawyer first. If our body's not acting right, we go it on Google and we try to find a home remedy. Come on. We do it. Then when everything else fails, we'll go to Jesus. And, and Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. So Mary and Martha know that they need to get to Jesus. So they went to Jesus because they wanted a word. Amen. They knew all they needed was a word. And they knew that if they got to him, that Jesus would deliver what they were expecting. Come on. Do you just know tonight, if you can just get to the word, the word will deliver whatever it is you're expecting. So they get to Jesus and they tell Jesus, our brother is sick. They send word to him and Jesus sends back a word, the word that they asked for, but not the word that they wanted. Jesus said, uh, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified thereby. Now, can you imagine the joy and the happiness that Mary and Martha are feeling about right now? Because their expectation must have been on a high because they got the word that they were looking for because they know that the man that gave them the word was good for his word. It wasn't just a man that speaks a word and then nothing comes to pass. Is anybody with me? They were there when Jesus would speak a word and the sick were healed. Come on. They'd been there when he raised the dead. They had been there when he fed the multitudes. And they know that when Jesus speaks a word things begin to happen. So that's why they went to him in the first place because they know that when he speaks, there is substance in his word. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God. And I cannot only imagine the joy that Martha and Mary were feeling because these two ladies have received in their heart the word of the Lord but I'd like for us just to imagine can you just for, imagine with me for a minute uh, Lazarus who is on his deathbed and his situation has not changed he's still fighting for his life and here comes his sisters we got a word he said this sickness is not unto death Lazarus you're not gonna die you're gonna be okay can't you see Mary jumping around and shouting and having a good old time and Martha's just grimacing up and getting the tea and getting all the liniment and rubbing it on him and telling him you're going to be okay. You're going to live. Jesus said you're not going to die. So they have a word, but here lays Lazarus and there's no change in his condition. He's still sick, but they have a word. Same is true for us. We may not see any change at the moment, but I promise you, if you have one word from God, 
It doesn't matter what the circumstance looks like. It doesn't matter if it's changed or if it hasn't changed. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. If we have a word from God, you are holding on to the most valuable thing that exists in the kingdom of heaven and on this earth because in the beginning was the word. In the beginning when there was nothing, God spoke. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God when there was nothing but a word. The word took something out of nothing. Oh, you're not hearing me because God spoke and there came the sun. God spoke and there came the moon. God spoke and there came the creatures. God spoke and then came the beast. Everything came into creation because of a word. I come to Little Rock to tell you that there is power in the word. Amen. So now Mary and Martha have a word to hold on to. And we know that it's written that the word of God cannot return void. Let me help you. When I was teaching school, I taught middle school English, believe that or not. And one year they had a bunch of uh, foreign exchange students that came uh, from El Salvador. So they came to me and they said, Mrs. Gazaway, we need you to do Spanish class with these boys. I said, I don't know Spanish. And she said, well, we're going to put it on a screen and on the video, and, and you just need to oversee them. So I met with these boys every Wednesday. It was a Bible class. And they were teaching them Bible in Spanish. And I learned something, Pastor, about Spanish and about John 1. One, I know that in our English translation, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? Speak it in English. The whole verse. In el principio era el verbo, y el verbo era Dios, y Dios, y el verbo es Dios. I was just checking you. (laughs) Not really, not really. Now, I could not speak Spanish like that, okay? But there's a revelation when you speak that verse in Spanish, okay? In Spanish, it does not say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Spanish, it says, in the beginning was a verb. Am I right? The verb. Am I right? And the verb was with God, and the verb was God. Now, the revelation here that I want you to get for all of us English hillbilly people is when God speaks, he does not only speak nouns and pronouns and adjectives, but when God speaks, God speaks in verbs. Now, what is a verb? Come on, what is a verb? It is an action word. It is a creative word. And that's why when there was nothing, God spoke a verb and something came out of nothing because God spoke a word of creation. And every word that comes out of the mouth of God is living, it's alive, it's active. And if he says it, it must come to pass. Say, that's good preaching. So when God said 
He is going to save your children. That's a verb. When God said he's going to heal your body, that's a verb. When God said he's going to provide your every need, that's a verb. That means it's a living word, a creative word, an active word, and what he spoke must come to pass. And I feel like you should give God some praise right now because there's a verb in the house tonight. There's an active, living, created word in this house tonight. Glory to God. So now we have, oh, I'm coming in. I'm parking in the garage. So now Mary and Martha have gotten a hold of the verb. They've got a hold on the living word. Because Jesus gives a word, but he then does nothing. And you know what? If we're honest, okay, I'll just be honest. I know it's hard for faith people to be honest. (laughs) There have been many times when I've had a word, but I have seen nothing. I'm walking through the greatest restoration of my life but for 30 years, I was believing for restoration, but seeing nothing. But it was in the seeing of nothing that my faith was given the opportunity to really be shown. Because, see, it's easy to praise God when I get a word. I can praise God when he fulfills the word. But it takes a whole lot of faith to see nothing and say, nevertheless, I will praise you. Just because I don't have anything to see right now, I'm going to trust you. See, I don't have to see a change to praise God. Come on. Although there's no change in the condition, no change in my bank account, no change in my body, I don't have to see the change to believe that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. And if I have a word, then I know the word is active, creative, and alive and it will come to pass and when you're waiting on your word let me tell you what you need to do be careful what comes out your mouth when the three Hebrew boys were in the fire they never saw the fourth man but that does not negate the fact that he was there Come on. They never saw the fourth man, but the king saw the fourth man, and hell saw the fourth man. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I I stopped by Little Rock tonight to tell you that even though you don't see God, cancer sees God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Even though you don't see him right now, poverty sees him. And every demon that has been attacking your mind sees God. Come on. And they have to bow their knee to the fact that God is with you because I have a word and if you have a word it's your word oh yeah come on see you got to understand that if you have a word it doesn't matter if anybody else agrees with your word or not it doesn't matter if they like the words you got or not it, it doesn't matter if the word says uh, that you're going to get popsicles in the morning if you stay true if you believe the word you're going to get your popsicles And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. So Lazarus, 
the girls have been given a word that this sickness is not unto death. Amen? Amen. And still, though, Lazarus goes to a tomb. But he still has a word from the Lord. So it doesn't matter tonight where you go as long as you take the word with you. Ah, hmm, yeah. So he went through sickness with a word. It's not unto death. He laid on the deathbed with a word. You're not going to die. He was embalmed with a word. He was buried with a word. So no matter how bad your situation might be, you don't let go of the word. You cling to the word. Oh, that should be a great big amen right there. After many days, the Bible says this, that Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Come on, boys. Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go wake him up. The disciples not understanding, see, they didn't understand everything, that Jesus is both God and man. They didn't have that revelation. Said, Master, leave him alone. He's dead. Let him sleep. I'm so grateful that what looks like death to us only looks like an afternoon nap to Jesus. Aren't you? I'm so grateful that the times I looked dead, God knew that I was just napping. I am so thankful that I was woke up. Hallelujah. I thank God that what looks like a storm to me looks like peace to Jesus. Aren't you grateful? I thank God that when I'm in a storm that Jesus can step out on the bow of my boat and say, peace be still. Oh, and then he looks at me and says, why were you afraid of the storm? Do you not know that I'm the master of the wind and I'm the master of Galilee. So Jesus shows up to see about Lazarus. After I might add that he had been dead many days. And when Jesus showed up to sister Martha and sister Mary, they did not sing when he see, they seen him coming. Behold, he comes. They were not singing. I did not see Mary jump around with her tambourine. Say, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. When he showed up, both sisters had an attitude. One of them says, you're late. The other one says, and furthermore, if you would have been here, my brother would not be dead right now. Talk to the hand, Jesus. See, what Martha is revealing in her attitude is that Jesus did not do the miracle the way she wanted him to do the miracle. He didn't do the miracle in her timing, and he didn't do it in her way. Or we could say he didn't do it in her religious box or how she thinks that everything is supposed to happen. And she can no longer believe for the miracle because it didn't happen the way that she thought it was going to happen. And I need to let you know that I have learned that it is possible to have faith to ask but not have faith to wait. It is possible to bring a petition to God, but then lose your faith because he doesn't do things your way. You know, I think if we would just take Jesus out of the box tonight, 
take him out of our religious traditions and, and let God be God. Amen. And, and let him do it his way. Let him do it however he wants to do it and, and when he wants to and, and whoever he wants to use to do it with. I, I, I just wonder what would happen if we just made up our mind, God, you just do it however you want to do it. Use me, use Lily, use anybody you want to use, but God, just do it whatever you're doing in this season, God. Don't do it without your girl. Come on. So Jesus then begins to speak the second promise to Martha. He says, your brother shall live again. Martha says, oh, I know, God, I know. He'll live in the resurrection. She's getting ahead of him. And Jesus is like, well, I'm not supposed to be telling everybody this, but I sort of am the resurrection. I'm not supposed to be letting you know that right now. <laughs> but you're believing for something to happen someday. But someday is about to happen today because I just showed up. See, sometimes God sends you places to release a prophetic word, and I'm going to release a prophetic word over everyone in this house tonight. God sent me here to tell you that what you thought was going to happen someday is going to happen today. And before this year is over, what you thought would take 10 years, God says, by my spirit, it's going to take place this year. Oh, you better shout. God said, I have accelerated because I've stepped on the scene, and resur- resurrection power is showing up tonight. And because resurrection power is here, God says, I'm about to raise everything that you thought had died. I'm going to raise up everything that you called dead. I'm about to raise up your ministry, your marriage, your money. I'm about to save your children. What you thought was going to take five years is going to happen in five months. And I'm telling you that by the Spirit of God, I would give him praise. If that word was for you, I would give him praise and I would act like it's already done. Already done. So then Jesus looks at Martha and gives her a third promise. He said, I told you he's going to live again. Where have you placed him? Remove the stone. And Martha said, no, no, don't do that. God, he stinks. He's been dead. Don't do it. God, I thank you for coming and everything. Thank you for showing up, but leave him alone. He's dead. Let him rest. And and I know I asked you to do this work for me, but what I ask you to do is now impossible for you. Just leave him there. He don't smell right. Don't mess with him. He's too dead. It is impossible for you to do what I ask you to do because it's already dead. It's too far gone. But Jesus turns around, I love him, and he says, did I not tell you? I better not have to tell you again. But did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory? 
of God. See, your word from God is not the problem. The prophecy is not the problem. The problem is, do you have faith that what was spoken over you, over your children, over your life, over your ministry, is going to come to pass? Do you have faith that the word that was given to you to activate your faith, to demonstrate your faith, to expect the miracle to take place, do you have faith to believe that God is going to do it? Because, see, always between the word and the fulfillment, you have to put trust in the word. You might be one moment of trust away from seeing your miracle. You might be one confession of faith away from seeing the fulfillment of your miracle. And Jesus said, I told you that you would see the glory of God. Then he just turns around and just boldly says, Lazarus, come forth. You know the story. Out of the tomb comes a man hopping. He's hopping because he's still in yesterday's clothing. He's alive, but he's still dressed like a dead man. There's been a change, but he still looks like what he used to be. Ah, you better come on. See, there may have been a change in your circumstance, (laughs) but you may still look like you're in your circumstance. Amen? Sometimes we have to get rid of what we're wearing that looks like where we were yesterday. Because, see, you're no longer going to be known as Lazarus the dead man. Now, when I get you out and I pull all those grave clothes off of you, you are going to be known as Lazarus, the resurrected man. And I'm prophesying to some Lazarus in here tonight. God said he's about to loose you. And once you came in here looking like, you're going to leave out of here looking another way. Oh, you better hear me. You're no longer going to be identified by what you came through. You are going to look like what you've been not what you've been through, but you're going to look like how you came through. Oh, you better hear me. You will no longer be known by yesterday. You're going to be known by today. Why don't you give him some praise? So they loosed him and they let him go. All because of the power of the word. So I came here to give you a word. God said he is going to bring. Now I'm stealing this from Pastor Steele, but we're one of his churches. So he released it and I grabbed a hold of it. And God said, get ready for sudden change and improvement. God said... God said, some of y'all are still walking around in last year's clothes, last year's stuff. 
And God said, I want to bring sudden change and improvement. And he said, we got to get rid of everything that was dead from last year. And we got to grab a hold of everything that is alive. Because he said, I come to make all things new. And God said, I'm about to do it for you. I'm going to give you double for everything that you've gone through. He said, there is a storm from heaven that is about to hit your life. And when it hits your life, it's going to bring goodness and mercy and peace and healing and abundance. And it's on its way. And it's on the way to you now. Sudden change and improvement is coming to your house. God will supernaturally meet needs. Supernaturally. Sudden change. He was dead one minute and stinking. And the next minute he was alive and smelling good and not looking like where he had been. I'm getting ready to close, but Job, the 20th chapter and the 15th verse said, He has swallowed down riches. And he will cough them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. Oh, you better know that God is getting ready to sucker punch the enemy and the enemy is getting ready to cough up some stuff. I had bought a new car. And when I, my husband let me do it all by myself, I was so proud. But I probably went overboard because I got every warranty they had. I was so proud. I had a tire warranty. I had a bumper-to-bumper warranty. I don't know the warranties I had, but I got them. So about six months into having that car, we were going out to eat one Sunday, and I was just blabbing about church and talking about God and, and everything, and I went to turn in to park, and I hit my rim on the curb. My husband says, ah, that ain't good. I'm like, my car's only six months old. What did I do to it? So I jumped out of the car, and I looked, and sure enough, there was a big old gash. And what is in that thing? My rim. In my rim. And I said, oh, I ain't worried about it. I got a warranty. He said, well, I know you do, but I doubt that it's going to cover that. I said, I have a warranty. He said, I'm just telling you, baby, that that's for the tires. That I said, I have a warranty. And I said, I'm taking my car in tomorrow to get my oil changed, and we're going to have a talk about it. So I went to get my oil changed. I walked into the dealership, and I said, now I need to show you something else. And he said, okay. And I said, see that right there? He goes, oh, my. I said, but I have a warranty. And he said, I, he said, I don't want to upset you, but your warranty is not going to cover. I said, I have a warranty. I signed a tire warranty. 
And the man told me, do you want to go get him? His name is George. George the salesman in there. He told me that this warranty will cover anything that goes wrong with my tires. He said, ma'am, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think a warranty covers a rim. I said, I have a warranty, and the warranty covers my... He said, I'm going to go look. And I went and found George. Mrs. Gazaway, how are you? I said, I got a damage on my rim. Does my warranty cover it? He said, boy, I don't know. If you would have punched a hole in the tire. I said, I have a warranty. Why are you selling me warranties that don't cover? Don't tell me the warranty covers anything that goes with the tire. The rim is part of the tire. I have a warranty. Can I tell you that you have a warranty too? But I, I, I went and... and and I thought about that, that hell has to cough up everything that belongs to me. And I seen this old service tech. He come out. He had these papers in his hand. And he had a look on his face. And I said, you devil, you a liar. He come walking up to me. <coughs> he was coughing it up. He said, he said, I can't believe this, but you're right. You have a warranty, and your warranty covers your rim. Now, I need to let you know, all you Lazarus in here tonight, you have a warranty, and your warranty covers your sickness. Your warranty covers your disease. Your warranty covers your poverty. Your warranty covers your children. Your warranty covers anything. There is nothing known to man that you don't have a warranty that it's covered by, and I dare you to prophetically start stripping off yesterday, take it off of you and let the devil know I'm in covenant. I have a warranty. My warranty is signed in blood. I have a warranty and you have a warranty. And this sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of the Lord will be revealed in your life, in your church, in your ministry. Those kids can't be too crazy that the glory of the Lord won't be revealed in their life. I have a warranty. You have a warranty. Now, the difference in this warranty is it was signed by the very signature of Jesus. And not only was it signed by Jesus, it was signed in the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And it trumps any other kind of warranty. There is nothing that can go wrong with you that the warranty don't cover. There's nothing. I said there's nothing. There is nothing. Nothing that can go wrong with you or wrong with your children that your warranty does not come I got a warranty backed up by a verb that says God is active he's creative and he is ready to do whatever I need him to do lift your hands and give God praise
Makoshata. May I humbly pray for you. I never take it lightly when the Lord sends me to a man of God.